Section 29 of Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, 1867 to 1879. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, Section 29, October 19, 1879. The Innocence in Elmira and Patriotic Letter from Mark Twain. Read by John Greenman. The Innocence in Elmira. Mark Twain conducts a large Republican meeting. General Hawley, politics and beautiful snow. Elmira, New York, October 18th. The largest political meeting of the campaign was held in this city by the Republicans last evening. The Opera House was densely packed to hear General Joseph R. Hawley of Connecticut. General Hawley was introduced by Mark Twain, Samuel L. Clemens, who said, I see I am advertised to introduce the speaker of the evening, General Hawley of Connecticut, and I see it is the report that I am to make a political speech. Now, I must say, this is an error. I wasn't constructed to make stump speeches, and on that head, politics, I have only this to say. First, see that you vote. Second, see that your neighbor votes. Lastly, see that yourself or neighbor don't scratch the ticket. General Hawley was president of the Centennial Commission. He was a gallant soldier in the war. He has been governor of Connecticut, member of Congress, and was president of the convention that nominated Abraham Lincoln. General Hawley, that nominated Grant, Twain, he says it was Grant, but I know better. He is a member of my church at Hartford and the author of Beautiful Snow. Maybe he will deny that, but I am only here to give him a character from his last place. As a pure citizen, I respect him. As a personal friend of years, I have the warmest regard for him. As a neighbor whose vegetable garden adjoins mine, why, why, I watch him. That's nothing. We all do that with any neighbor. Mr. Hawley keeps his promises not only in private, but in public. He is an editor who believes what he writes in his own paper. As the author of Beautiful Snow, he has added a new pang to winter. He is broad-souled, generous, noble, liberal, alive to his moral and religious responsibilities. Whenever the contribution box was passed, I never knew him to take out a cent. He is a square, true, honest man in politics, and I must say he occupies a mighty lonesome position. He has never shirked a duty or backed down from any position taken in public life. He has been right every time, and stood there. As governor, 
as congressman, as a soldier, as the head of the Centennial Commission, which increased our trade in every port and pushed American production into all the known world, he has conferred honor and credit upon the United States. He is an American of Americans. Would we had more such men! So broad, so bountiful is his character, that he never turned a tramp empty-handed from his door, but always gave him a letter of introduction to me. His public trusts have been many, and never in the slightest did he prove unfaithful. Pure, honest, incorruptible, that is Joe Hawley. Such a man in politics is like a bottle of perfumery in a glue factory. It may modify the stench, but it doesn't destroy it. And now, in speaking thus highly of the speaker of the evening, I haven't said any more of him than I would say of myself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is General Hawley. Mr. Clemens was frequently interrupted by applause and laughter. At the close of his remarks, General Hawley stepped forward and, for an hour and a half, spoke on the issues of the day. End of The Innocents in Elmira Patriotic Letter from Mark Twain The following letter from Mark Twain was read at the dinner given the Gates City Guard of Atlanta, Georgia, in Hartford, Connecticut, on Thursday. Elmira, October 14th. P. D. Peltier, Esquire. Dear Sir, Please receive my best thanks for the invitation to meet the Atlanta soldiers and the Putnams. I was on the point of starting when a committee requested me to remain here and introduce General Joseph R. Hawley to a political mass meeting. This was a great surprise to me, for I had supposed the man was comparatively well known. I shall remain, of course, and shall do what I can to blow the fog from around his fame. Meantime, will you kindly see that the portion of your banquet, which I should be allowed to consume if I were present, is equitably distributed among the public charities of our several states and territories? I would not that any partiality be shown on account of political creed or geographical position, but would beg that all the crates be of the same heft. I am glad to add my voice to yours in welcoming the Georgians to Hartford. Personal contact and communion of the Northerners and Southerners over the friendly board will do more toward obliterating sectional lines and restoring mutual respect and esteem than any other thing that can be devised. We cannot meet thus too often, for, whereas we meet as Northerners and Southerners, we grow in breadth and stature meantime, and part as Americans. There is not any name among the world's nationalities that can oversize that one, sincerely hoping that our guests will receive a welcome at our town's hands 
which will cause them to forget the length of their journey and make them willing to come again i am truly yours s l clemens end of patriotic letter from mark twain and section twenty nine october nineteenth eighteen seventy nine read by john greenman